Father, we thank you for this night you've given us and each one that is here. We ask you to bless us now as we study your word. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Let me switch over here. Uh, If you would, turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. And if you're familiar at all with your Bible, you know that that is the faith chapter in the Bible. And uh, we're just going over in these Thursday nights, uh, probably through the end of September here, Bible words. We've been through grace, peace, mercy, uh, love, and tonight I would like for us to look at the word faith. Now, faith is something that we are, should be very used to. Uh, in fact, sometimes, uh, if we're not careful, we are so used to faith that we miss it. Uh, if you know the verse, quote it with me. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So, even before we get into what faith really is here, it tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, we need to understand something that if what you call faith is not rooted in the words of God that are printed in this book called the Bible, it's not faith. How many of you have ever felt just very strongly about something? And I, I just know it's going to happen. I believe that this thing is... And I believe God wants this... To, well, uh, wishful thinking is not always a bad thing. Wishing is not faith. Many people are going to miss heaven because they mistake a wish for faith. Faith is rooted and grounded, it is sourced in God's words. If you do not have that, none, nothing else is going to make any sense tonight. Or if it does make sense, it won't be biblical sense. It'll just be sense that we manufacture in our own mind and heart. And many people, and again, I just want us to understand something, is Uh, Not everybody engaged in false doctrine does so uh, out of wrong desires and ambitions. And some people are very sincerely wrong. They are trying. All of their motives are correct. uh, But if we do not have the words of this book to protect us, You are at the mere whim and fancy of the human heart. And I want to challenge you tonight. That's not where you want to be. You want to make sure that this thing called faith comes from the Word of God. And so as we look at these few first words here, uh, and we're going to be traveling through the Bible just a little bit tonight, several different passages No way we can cover everything in the Bible on faith, but we want to start faith's source. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by 
the words of God. Now we get to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. I hope you're there in your Bible. Follow along as I read aloud. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, talking about God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If you were to turn on TBN and uh, many of these... uh, uh, I call it name it and claim it. Uh, I think they call themselves deliverance is the title that they like to call themselves. But you're not delivered from anything. Um, It is, uh, quote unquote, a life with no pain, no suffering, lots of money in the bank account. Great. uh, Never sick a day in your life. This is what they call the life of faith. But... Even in these few verses we read, Abel did not have a life like that, did he? He exhibited faith which put him on the death list of Cain, and it wasn't too long before Abel was dead. And yet God said he was a man of faith. Just because you have faith does not mean that you're not going to suffer. There's not going to be things happen. But we must start out understanding God is God is good. And if you read your Bible, you can understand many of the most difficult passages in the Bible by just putting that equation in there. How many times people said, Pastor, we're reading our Bible reading schedule, the book of Job, and I don't get it. Why did Job have to suffer? Uh, Remember, God is, and God is good. Even when it doesn't appear to us that God is and God is good, God does not change. He is. No, he didn't let Job suffer so he could give him more than he had. Job was already the richest man in the East. That's not what it is about. Uh, Sometimes God does not define for you and I. What good is. And we would want a different definition when it comes to suffering. But if you're going to have faith, if you're going to have Bible faith, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the words of God. You've got to start out, number one, these words. Number two, God is, God is good. 
Now, verse 1, we're going to go back and put this all together here. Faith is the substance. Now, how many of you know what substance is? It's what's left over on your hands after your ice cream cone melts, right? Uh, Substance is something solid, something identifiable. Substance uh, is what's underneath. It's the real truth. It's the real essence of what something is. And what faith is, is we take things that we cannot see, and yet there's a reality to those things that we cannot see. How many of you have ever seen heaven? No hands are going up. How many of you have ever seen the Lord Jesus Christ physically on earth? I know they write songs about it. There's an old hillbilly song. I saw Jesus standing at my bed. Uh, No. The only way we can see those things is through faith. How many of you believe there's a heaven? Amen? Uh, Just once again share the testimony uh, of Professor... Uh, Robert Dick Wilson, one of the founding professors of Princeton University, back when they believed the Bible there, uh, he spent the last 45 years of his life, when he was 30 years old, he said, uh, I've got uh, actually 25, yes. He said, I'm going to divide my life up into three 15-year periods. The first 15-year period, I am going to learn every ancient language the Old Testament was ever translated into. And so he did. The next 15 years, he spent reading the Old Testament in each one of those languages that it was translated into. So he learned Hebrew, he learned the old uh, Assyrian languages, he he learned Babylonian and Chaldean, and and he read all of these languages, for uh, the Bible, in these languages for 15 years. And in the last 15 years of his life, he wrote about it. And someone asked him one time, this is his testimony, I like to give the basis for the testimony. He said, what is the greatest truth you discovered? Here was his quote. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. You see, that's faith. Amen? It's substance. It is a reality that we cannot see. It is evidence. It is the reality. I mean, sorry, substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Of course, we live in a day when... uh, it is hard to really believe what anybody says about anything. 
I mean, how many of you have read a news headline and you say, I really don't believe that? Uh, that is the standard of our day. Why? Uh, because we have people trying to tell us what is going on that do not be- that believe that facts don't have to be connected to truth. Uh, that's why they come up with these little statements. When you ever hear someone say, well, that is your truth. You know something about that person, you can't trust a word they say. Truth does not belong to me, to you, to the Baptist. Truth is the very presence of God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. You cannot change truth. You can lie about it. You can pretend it doesn't exist. But I'll tell you this. How many of you have ever uh, tried alternate reality when you've reconciled your checkbook? You sat there and added everything up and you took your bank statement and it didn't work out. Ah, it'll be okay. I'm pretty sure that what I have written... Don't raise your hand if you've tried that. But I'll tell you what, truth eventually will catch up with you and it probably isn't going to be very good. Because what is in there is in there. Maybe. Uh... And you'd better reconcile your uh, bank book with evidence. You better know what you're doing. So faith, based upon God's Word, is the substance of that which we hope for. That's why we as believers in Jesus Christ do not give up on the forgiveness of sins. We do not give up on the hope of heaven. And the hope of eternal life. Because the substance of those things are in the words of this book. And those things stay us and hold us when everything else in this world goes crazy. They are the evidence of things not seen. I did not personally eyewitness the life of Jesus Christ. Don't have to. It was witnessed here in the pages of this book. Now, verse 3, one other thing about faith is, in verse 2, I'm sorry, it says, For by it the elders obtained a good report. Now, if you want approval by God, you're going to have to do it through faith. Then the writer of the book of Hebrews gives us an example of how faith works. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So it says here, through faith, We can understand that God created this entire universe out of things that didn't exist. Could you imagine the junk pile it would have taken 
to create the universe. I mean, down in the basement, we have a little room that is just crammed full of things. I, I, we call it the shop. Uh, and it's got all the leftover wood from uh, different jobs that we have done and leftover pieces of this and tools to make things with. And uh, when, when you build things, you're going to have leftovers. You're going to have some extra things. Now, God did not go to the store and buy dirt to make the earth. Who could supply it? If you want an interesting study, study dust in the universe. Uh, a fellow wrote an article uh, on uh, actually a science, developed a scientific formula for calculating the amount of dust that would be attracted to Earth's surface based upon the amount of dirt that's on Earth's surface. And then he worked it backwards, and you know what he found out? That Earth is about 6,000 years old, according to his calculations. Exactly what the Bible says. Now, we just celebrated, the, I said, the 500th or 100th anniversary a while back, 50th anniversary of the moon landing. And uh, if you remember, that lunar module had those great big pads at the bottom. You see, the scientists of NASA didn't believe the age of the earth according to the Bible. And they figured out by their own mathematics that if the earth were... Uh, 50 years ago, at that time, I think they were only talking about uh, uh, several hundred, maybe 600 million years. Now they've gone to four and a half billion years trying to make time for their evolution to have happened. But they figured out that the dust coating on the moon at 600 million years ought to be somewhere around 100 feet thick. And so if they did not have those big pads... To keep the lunar module, it would sink in the dust and we would lose our astronauts. Uh, do you know how much dust was on the moon? About that much. Now, does that prove that the Bible is true? No. That gives evidence and corroborates what's in the Bible. But if you're going to accept what the Bible says is true, you've got to start out believing in God and believing that He is good. And then you won't have any problem believing that the earth is only about 6,000 years old rather than 4.5 billion. It's, it's through faith that we believe in creation. It, I, I always, I, I've just wanted to ask someone the question. Okay, they talk about this big bang. I want to know where the dirt came from. Where did all of this matter come from that congealed together and compressed to a point that it exploded and all the earth and all, all the universe came into being? I want to know where the dirt came from. You see... It's real easy. God spoke. It became. 
The Hebrew word tells us that out of nothing is what it means. And so, by faith, we can understand this. And if we will understand this, there are so many things around us that make absolute sense compared to coming from monkeys and uh, everything is a cosmic lottery, uh, just everything by chance. So, we then get to Abel. And what we're going to do here is find out that when you have faith, faith is associated with this thing called works. And in a few minutes, we're going to try to deal with this. But Abel's work was that he offered to God an acceptable sacrifice. Do you know there's not one verse in the Bible that tells us uh, between Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 4 when Abel was killed that you ought to offer a blood sacrifice? There's no commands there uh, in the Bible. So where did Adam and Eve get that information? Where did Abel get that information? When God moved Adam and Eve out of the garden, what did he do? He killed animals and made coats to cover their nakedness. God's trying to teach us that it is the blood of the innocent that covers our sin until the day when God pays for our sin. So Abel's faith just was offering the more excellent sacrifice, God said, I approve of that. And then we have the testimony of Enoch, which follows the same suit. Enoch walked with God. And God translated him. What does that mean? God took him from earth and right to heaven. Enoch did not die the normal way. He did not get to heaven the normal way people get there. God translated him. Many people say, well, this is what's going to happen during the rapture. And uh, as far as we understand, it's going to be very much like that. Uh, God's people are to walk with him. And one of these days, we do not know when. Uh, Don't worry about signs and wonders. Worry about being ready when Jesus calls. We believe in the imminent, the any moment return of the Lord Jesus Christ for his church. And so without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is the substance. It is the reality of what we hope for. Faith is the evidence or the proof of things that we cannot see. The examples are this, creation. We cannot see, we cannot make creation, but tell you what, every way we can check something out proves or agrees, I should say, with what the Bible version of creation. You say, but all those scientific experiences, uh, experiments about uh, adaptation and mutation and... uh, no, there aren't any. It's fabricated. It, it, you know, people say, oh, you're crazy. No, actually, they're crazy. Do you know that a horse 
has always been a horse, with one exception. That was the TV show, Mr. Ed. How many remember the talking horse? Uh, that was the only one that was different, all right? And that's because Hollywood special effects had a little bit to do with that. He wasn't real. Uh, but horses have always been horses. Dogs have always been dogs. Cats have always been cats. And people have always been people. Abel said, this is the way it was. He saw the behavior of God as related to him by his parents. He saw the behavior of his parents and Abel followed that behavior and God accepted his sacrifice. Enoch just walked with God to a point to where God said, I am so pleased with your life. I I want you to come to heaven and be with me. Wow, what a testimony then we're told that without faith you can't please God. You've got to come to Him. You must believe that He is. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So let's go to Romans chapter 4, and we're going to try to deal with a great controversy. And that is the relationship of faith and works. And so we start in Romans chapter 4. And we're going to talk about Abraham here. It says, verse 3, Romans 4, verse 3, For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is a reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for unrighteousness. Now, we cannot get into the entire discourse that Paul is, is bringing here, but he says, was Abraham justified by works? No, he was justified by faith. How was Abraham justified by faith? He believed God. God's word came to him. And he says, Abraham, you're going to have many descendants as the stars that are in the heaven. You are going to have descendants. And Abraham said, I don't have any descendants. I don't have any hope of any descendants. But because you say so, I'm going to believe you. That's faith. And when Abraham died... He had one son, Isaac. And when Isaac died, he had two sons, but only one that was counted the promise. That was Jacob. But by the time the children of Israel came out of the land of Egypt, there were somewhere around two million of them. And you start counting the physical descendants of Abraham... And it is more than a, than a man. God kept his promise, did he not? And it says that to him that worketh is a reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. So if you're trying to do works to get faith, you're not having a positive outcome. You're having a negative income. 
You see, many people say, well, I'm, I'm getting to heaven by keeping the Ten Commandments. Uh, I, I do more good than I do bad, and therefore God will be pleased with that. Uh, the writer of Romans here, the Apostle Paul's telling, doesn't work that way. Because every time you do a sin, you can't take it away. Only the blood of Jesus can take away your sins. So therefore, you're not earning your way to heaven. It's exactly the opposite. You are earning God's judgment. It is not going to be reckoned of a positive thing. You're good versus you're bad. Because your good doesn't count. Only your evil is going to be brought up at the great white throne. No one is going to stand before God. And so the writer of Romans is trying to tell us that you cannot get faith by doing works. You get faith by believing God's words. You get faith by trusting God's words to the point to where they become substance and evidence in your life. In salvation, it works like this. That if thou, you as an individual, shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. The Only one, Lord, Master, Jesus, Savior. No church saves you. No righteous person saves you. No organization. Only the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, the Bible says, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Did you get that? You believe and it produces righteousness in your life. Verse 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I always get a little nervous sometimes. People say, oh, pastor, I do that every day. Wrong. You wouldn't let... Your child come to you every day. Uh, my house, uh, my father was this way. I'd like to be uh, follow his example. He said, you know, some people eat to live. He says, we Montoros, he says, we live to eat. Uh, we enjoy our food and we have fun. But if my children came to me every day and said, Daddy, are you going to feed us today? That wouldn't go very far. Because you know you're going to get food. You know you're going to get fed, right? Right, Esther? Okay, I got a smile there. Uh, She's looking at me kind of. And when we harp at God to do something he has already done, what are we doing? That's not faith. Some people believe that God will hear them because they talk so much. Don't try that at work with your boss. It'll probably get you fired. Right? 
And if you're one of those persons that just has to talk and talk and talk, get a blog and just do it. And see how many people listen to your blog. And you'll be disappointed. That's why I don't blog. Listen. Faith happens when we take God at His word. But... Let's go to James chapter 2 now. Mr. Luther, when he was founding his own church and his own religion, was tempted not to put the book of James in his Bible. Because Mr. Luther was a Catholic, and uh, before he started the Lutheran church, and he believed when he was a Catholic that you were saved by the works that you did. And he realized the Bible doesn't teach that. And so he reads over here in James chapter 2. And uh, why don't we just start in verse uh, 17. Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. And he said, no, that's not true. It's not works. It's faith. Faith alone that saves us. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works. Here's what James says. And I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? See, here's the connection. You cannot do works to get faith. But if you have faith, it will produce works. If faith is a living faith, it will make things happen. There are certain things that you cannot stop if you have a living biblical faith. That's why... I, as a pastor, I get nervous when I start talking to someone. They say, well, listen, I just love the preaching. I learned so much about the Bible. But, you know, this baptism stuff and church membership, that's just not for me. And I'm going, wait, wait a minute. That is clearly taught in the Scriptures. You see, faith is rooted in the words of God. And you don't get to pick and choose which words you like and which words you don't. Because that's not faith. And so when I surrender to God in faith, then there ought to be some of these things that are talked about in the Bible start showing up in my life. Sunday sermon from Psalm 119, all about the Word of God. David said, If thy law had not been my delights, surely I would have perished in my affliction. These words protect us. Being obedient to God produces works. If you'll read through the rest of Hebrews chapter 11, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 11, you're going to see that Noah built an ark, Sarah had a son, Abraham offered that son, And it goes on and on and gives all the different stories of the works that were produced because they had 
faith. You see, you have two types of faith. You have many types of faith in the world. But biblical faith, you cannot get by doing things. You must trust only in God. Because faith is sourced in the words of God, not in the works of man. Once I believe God's word, then it's going to change the way I walk. Then it's going to produce works. And you can understand all of the differences in the Bible. We went through dispensationalism last year. But simply this, living faith produces living works based upon the living words that God has given at that moment in time. That's why Noah built an ark. And that's why it won't do you any good to build an ark. Because that was Noah's revelation. Yours is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we got one more passage and we'll be done. Let's go to Luke chapter 17. Faith is rooted in the words of God. It is substance. It is evidence. And it is the way to obtain a good report from God. Faith produces works. You cannot work to get faith. But if you have faith, it will do things. You will do things in agreement with that faith. Now, Luke chapter 17 and verse 5. The disciples have a simple request to the Lord. And the apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. Now, how many of you would like more faith in your life? I would. Well, let's read the story. Verse 6, and the Lord said... If ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye might say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the roots, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. Now, sycamine tree was the largest tree in the land of Palestine, sometimes 60, 70 feet tall. Uh, just stop and think about a tree, seven stories high, being picked up out of the ground like a weed and thrown uh, from Jerusalem, I think it would be about 35, 40 miles through the air into the sea. Uh, that would be quite an accomplishment, wouldn't it? And, and yet Jesus said, if you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you could expect this to happen. But verse 7, he says, here's the reason you don't have that kind of faith. But which of you, having a servant, plowing or feeding cattle, will say unto him, by and by, that's immediately, when he has come from the field, go and sit down to me, and will not rather say unto him, Make ready wherewith I may sup, and gird thyself, and serve me, till I have eaten and drunken, and afterward thou shalt eat and drink. Doth he thank that servant, because he did the things that were commanded him? I trow not. So likewise ye... When ye shall have done all those things which are commanded, you say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. Now, here's Jesus' answer to growing or having an increased faith. 
And it goes right back to this connection, this relationship of faith and works. I cannot work to get faith. But when I believe God's Word, it's going to make me do things. How many of you have lived the Christian life long enough to see God do some things in your life that were according to the Scriptures, that were positive? Amen? And you know what the first thing we do when that happens? Wow, look at me! I'm growing! And faith stops working right there. Immediately. Completely. You are now at a faith impasse. Because faith comes from God's words, not from your works. Remember? And so as I surrender to God and be obedient to His word, things start happening in my life that make me more in agreement to God's word. Works. And when I realize that those works are not my works, though God gives me credit for them, He will reward me for them, the Bible says. Those works are actually His works because it's His Word that is doing the work through me. And I take my eyes off myself and off the things that are going on in my life and put them wholly on the Lord Jesus Christ. I can trust Him for even greater things. Hence, my faith increases. Do we, do we see that? It's not complicated. But I'll, I'll tell you this, if you can't get baptized, then God's not going to give you the next blessing of faith. If you can't serve God through a local church, that's what the Bible says. God's not going to give you that next level of blessing. If you can't get along with somebody or you're holding grudges and all of these, the Bible says that those things will stop your faith. If we say, I want to obey God here, 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 but not here, The blanket comes down, the curtain lowers, whatever you want to call it there, and we stop progressing. Faith produces the works. But if we want our faith to grow, we've got to stop taking credit for the works. And trust wholly in God. And when we do... We get out of the way, and God is able to do things that people say when they look at, only God could get credit for that. Hey, don't perk up your ears and say, tell me more. It says, Lord, I've only done what you've commanded me to do. It's not because of me, it's because of you. And that keeps us walking on the road of greater faith. And all God's people said, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight. We ask that you would help us to see how simple Bible faith is and how complicated man-made faith is. 
And Lord, that we would understand that faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. That as we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, according to the words of the Bible, we can know that we have salvation. And that your word will do its work in our lives. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to look past ourselves and others. To keep our eyes focused only on thee. That you may increase our faith and the works that you are able to do through us. It is in your name we pray. Before we finish that prayer, we'll have the piano play. If you need to slip out of your seat, the altar's open.